Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life, and also welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. My name is Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest chat with friends. And I have a friend over here. He's a new friend that I have met throughout the land of COVID. This is somebody who I was introduced to recently. He did me a couple of solids along the way. You may have seen myself on the uh, More Meeples, the Merrier uh, big stream on BGG that was run for a couple of months. Uh, Also, this man got me the creator spotlight on BGG, which was a really great thing as well. Uh, So just a really open-hearted, great gentleman. He runs the Meepleville uh, Gaming Cafe, I believe in Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. There we go. And uh, so, uh-huh. yeah. And he is, and he's just a really, and really Dice Tower West, too. What's that? Yep. Dice and Tower, the, Dice and Tower the runner, West, too. The runner of Dice Tower West and, and a whole new uh, um, segment on the Dice Tower looking at older games. Uh, just a person who is a really open hearted guy, a person who personifies fun and who personifies, uh, you know, just like gaming and all shapes and sizes, except for co ops which is the reason why he's on this show. <laughs> but let me go. <laughs> he is Tim Mativier. Welcome to the show. Oh, Jason, that was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. But it's great having, it's great being here, man. I've been looking forward to doing something like this with you for a long time. You have been doing all the work. I've just been showing up, rolling out of bed. That taught me to do a little bit of work uh, to get us together. So the occasion of this was the last, I think it was either the last dream or the dream before, where I think it was, you had us name a couple of games. I think it was like foreign language names. And I said, Hanabi, and okay. you said you said you love Hanabi. We played both played thousands of games of Hanabi, but then it it came forth that you're not the biggest fan of cooperative games. That is very true. And <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm on the one stop co-op shop. We have to hash this out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because mm-hmm. because I'm I'm sorry. I'm just because I I just want to make it clear. There, we're going to differentiate sure. what we're talking about co-op games here because when it comes to fully open information co-ops despise them do not like (laughs) at all i think they're horrible we'll We'll, get into that we'll get into that (laughs) but co-ops that have hidden or not full i don't know if you know the exact proper term for it information those i absolutely limited information limited information i absolutely love we will get into that distinction. We will get into the the criticism of co-ops. We're the one-stop co-op shop, so we talk a lot about the games that we love. So it'd be nice to kind of bring in another perspective for people who, you know, like, why can't we become bigger? Why can't, where is the resistance? So I, feel, so I, so I okay. figured it would be a good voice uh, to talk about that. Fantastic. However, uh, we were talking before the channel and it's like, okay, we're about to get into it. I'm like, you know what? I got to record this part too. So not only is he a co-op hater, he is, <laughs> Tim is, <laughs> he is the proprietor of a gaming cafe. Um, I think it's called Meeple, Meepleville Cafe. Meepleville Board Game Cafe, correct. In Las Vegas, Nevada. And I didn't know this before the call, but so we're in the land of COVID and it is opening. And yes. we are, it is, it is happening. People are coming into the doors and I'm really curious. So um, 
I mean, Nevada hasn't exactly, you know, Ford fared like super well during the line of COVID. So it's like, it's might, it's been a little bit of a struggle. So talk us through the last couple of months, talk us through the, the, the decisions that you were going through in order to be able to finally open up Peopleville. Oh, okay. Well, first and foremost, I have always followed the CDC guidelines, the state guidelines, the federal guidelines regarding masks, regarding occupancy and all that kind of stuff. And just to kind of go back from the beginning, uh, March 17th is when I closed. I was closed all of March, all of April. May 1st, they allowed curbside pickup. So I did that for, I don't know, maybe a month, a month and a half, whatever. But then we opened up. And again, they still weren't quite sure of things because we were able to open up and have people in and they were able to sit together with no masks. And you know what I mean? Because they were still kind of mm -hmm. learning, you know, but then they all of a sudden learned that's not a good idea. So we got back down. And so I think since probably September, um, we were at 25%, I think it was, occupancy, uh, mask required, of course. And uh, we didn't operate like a restaurant because there are a lot of restaurants where you go in to eat and once you get to your table, you're allowed to take off your mask and eat. We did not do that. We were like, hey, if you're at your table, you have your mask on, pull it down, take a drink, mm -hmm. pull it back up. Like we were like, that's what we wanted to do. We did that. And then here in Nevada, it's just been going up. So it went from like 25 to like, you know, 33 up to 40, up to 50. Mm. Um, and now it's like a regular schedule of like occupancy percentage. That correct. Had, and, and days like you could foresee it's like, okay, in 10 days, 50% occupancy. Okay. Yes. And they also, I just had one last week. They have people coming around to <laughs> checking, uh, you know, they come in with like their badges and clipboards mm -hmm. and stuff. And they're looking at occupancy, make sure you have your occupancy sign, seeing your parameters, checking your sanitation, your mask and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so yeah. So people have been on it and uh, you know, the, the customers, like the, you know, the patrons of people, the people coming in have been fantastic. You know, every, everybody's been coming in, following the guidelines, following the rules. We got hand sanitizer all over the place. We're wiping down the tables and, san and sanitizing, mm -hmm. but the governor here in New York feels that by June, uh, this may, yeah, he feels by June 1st, uh, we should be at a hundred percent open here in Las Vegas. Mm, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I mean, th there's different schools of thought, right? So like we have a couple of game stores here that are kind of, they just, they, they, they stick with curbside and they stuck with like the, the, the limited opening and like, they're not doing the, the, you know, the full opening at all. Like, even if there's like allowing capacity, you know, like let's that we allow like 80%, it's like, nope, right. we're not just doing it. It's not worth it. We're just, you know, curbside and, you know, uh, outdoor, some, something, something. So then you go in a different way. So, I mean, I don't know if the economic kind of pushed it or if it's just like a sense as a gamer that people needed the social contact. Like what is kind of like, you know, some of the thinking behind, I mean, I mean, I don't need to know like, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of anything, but like some of the mentality and thinking behind, you know, just, you know, going along with the opening and kind of pushing towards, you know, more and more occupancy. Uh, I, just guidelines. You know, if the guidelines told me I couldn't have people in, I wouldn't have people in. But if the guidelines said I could have 25% occupancy, mm -hmm. I'm going to follow the guidelines and do that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm trying to get my business back going and opening again, not exceeding any laws, rules, or regulations, just right. going up to what they allow. So mm -hmm. I don't know what it is like when you say, you know, people are just continuing to do that. If that's the state regulations, then I would have done the same thing. But yeah, I'm just following state guidelines. Yeah, I guess like, I mean, so I'll, I'll rephrase the question. Some people are going, are undershooting the state guidelines because of safety. And because okay. of, of, of different things, like maybe they have paycheck protection loans or they have some kind of other income stream to in order to be able to continue to function. So, I mean, was that, was that a consideration or was it like, okay, I have to get this going. I have to have people in here. 
Well, I mean, it's just a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, I needed to get people going. So I wanted to, you know, make sure Meepleville uh, sustained and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really have, I, you know, the one thing I didn't do, uh, to be honest, is, uh, and as you know, I've, I've cut back on YouTube and stuff like that, but sure. also um, my social media. So I just started today, actually, sort of being proactive, bringing up my Instagram, Facebook, but I wasn't publicly being proactive, trying to get people in. So that's the one thing okay. that I sort of did to keep down uh, volumes and level, because as of right now, it's still just me, my manager and my kitchen manager. Those are the only two I was able to keep on. Uh, so it's just been us three since March of last year. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's what I have done personally is just not really blasted out there to try to get people to come to keep the numbers low and to make sure we can stay at the guidelines. Mm -hmm. And now, and that's it. All bets are off now. Like we're, we're, we're full steam ahead, right? Yeah. Again, whatever we're opening, whatever we're doing, I am, yeah, going to get there. Because again, it's one of those kind of things, again, you know, I, you know, you know me and my beliefs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm a real hardcore maxer, uh, masker, uh, got sure. vaccinated 100% and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. at some point, you know, we have to trust the science. You know, I, I took the vaccine. I'm vaccinated. Hopefully people are get back. We have to sort of resume some sort of normalcy soon. Have you heard from gamers? Have people talked, you know, your patrons, like when you order, when you order cafe, you have regulars, right? Correct. People who you just, you know, or you see over and over again. And have you heard from them saying, oh, I need this. So oh, I need, you know, your, your bridge group and your Euchre group. Like you could talk about those, those regulars and what you're hearing from them about, you know, what they need in terms of social contact. Yeah. I mean, we are social animals, right? We, we aren't solitary animals. Like there are some in the animal world who live their whole life solitary animals. We are social animals. We need human interaction and people thrive it and they love it. And that's what I've, you know, tried to establish at Meepleville because it's not about selling a game. It's more about community. And that's my whole business model. That's what it is. Just, you know, the community bringing people together and doing that. And uh, people appreciate that. And they also have really appreciated the fact how strict we've been and how we have followed the guidelines because we have not wavered at all. And, uh, people have been really behind us, you know, for us doing that. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the groups that you have coming in that are regulars? So uh, we have bridge uh, bridge right now is Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday during the day uh, in June, there'll be five days a week. Um, and sorry, you might hear my cat back there. Oh, um, the familiar cat. And we yes. have the cat every single stream. The cat would pipe <laughs> <Yes>. up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, actually they are doing um, because, you know, uh, and I'm not using hyperbole here. Their, their average age is probably 70, 75 in bridge. Mm -hmm. um, so they're actually doing two days, Tuesdays and Thursdays vaccine only. So mm -hmm. you must show your vaccination card, you know, cause they want it. There are some people who are at more high risk. Uh, Euchre comes in Thursday. They've been a you know, big group steady with us for probably, you know, three years now. Got the Las Vegas Batgammon Club. They're with us on Tuesday nights. Um, so they've been coming back. Uh, we have a pinochle group. We're starting our first Dungeons and Dragons tables this Saturday. Um, but the state has gone up to 10 people per table now, okay. but we're only allowing six, a DM and five participants. So we're doing two sessions, one at 1231 at 530. So we're having six people at a table for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And also like I've got a graduation party this Friday coming in. They've rented like the whole lower area. So yeah, it's, it's getting back to, you know, looking sort of like it was pre-March 17th. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, was it Dice Tower West? So Dice Tower West was canceled two straight years. No, right? no, no. So we ended 
March 1st of 2020 was Sunday, was the last day of the convention. Oh, you you just got it in. Okay. Just so you we had a just you, know, it you know what's funny, Jason? So um at uh Dice Tower West, I was hugging people. I see I haven't seen people. Yeah. Oh, give me a hug, give me a hug. <laughs> uh a week later, I was up at Gamma in Reno. Mm-hmm. Or uh, yeah, Tahoe, Reno, I think it was. Yeah. And up there, all of a sudden, we're like doing the elbow kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then three days after that is when we shut down. I was like, then you don't touch anybody. So right. it was in a real quick succession to see the like the how it just the decline of, you know, this COVID and what happened and everything. So you had just so Dice Tower. So Dice Tower West was happening like. I forget what the state of the news was. Like, was it like buzzing a little bit like at the at the convention? Like people were kind of talking about it a little bit. Oh, yes. Because so here are two things that happened to us. Number one, our big sponsor was uh, G-Stone. I don't know if you're familiar with them. No. It's an app out of China. Uh, there's this wonderful uh, lady. Her name is Jinjin uh, Chen, I believe. Jinjin. She, she's lovely. But anyway, she is one of the owners of the company. And they were sponsoring Dice Tower West because they have this app, you know, for gamers to get tables together in groups. They couldn't come. They're, they, you know, they were a coming, everything. One of their people happened to be in the U.S. before they locked down China, so he was able to come to the convention, but they couldn't. And then the hotel started getting affected, right? Because a lot of groups were canceling, you know, like because we have a lot of tourists and out, you know, out of country conventions and stuff. So one night of the convention, their room rates, like say our room rates were like sixty nine, they were went down to like twenty nine dollars a, a room or something. Mm. And we we're like, what are you doing? You're killing us! Like, how can <laughs> you can't drop like fifty dollars? $40 a night from us, what we're charging our people. So they worked right, out right. a deal with us and all that. So yeah, there were a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So, okay. So then uh, Dice High West got canceled for this year, but then we're, we're, cause I, did you make an announcement for next year? Like, absolutely. Like, and I'll make another one if you don't mind. So, yeah, let's, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do, let, let's do promo. <laughs> hey, here we go. Look at it right it here. Is. Yes. <laughs> yes uh, March 2nd through 6th of 2022. Uh, we've announced the dates. We haven't announced the location, but we will be in a new location from last year. Uh, Dave and I have been working uh, every Tuesday for the past, you know, like three or four months, uh, building it up, you know, having meetings with Tom regularly and stuff. So yeah, it's going to be fantastic. We're really looking forward to it. And we think by March of next year, I don't know what your feelings are. You know, you can tell me what you think. I, I, I just truly believe personally that by March of 2022, it will be more normal than it has been in a while. And I think a lot of people will really feel comfortable and safe going to a convention. At least those are my thoughts. You know, I mean, you, you, you hear about all this stuff, variants and, you know, things happening on the other side of the world. And I, I, I you know, uh, are we going to get to herd humidity? I, I don't know. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm not in public health, but as a psychotherapist who meets with the public regularly, I have to keep, you know, informed and, you know, all, all the guidelines. As, as a proprietor of a business, you have to keep informed, look Absolutely. at the website every single day. So like, we're all public health officials. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Undeputized, unpaid health officials. <laughs> like you say, we do have right. to be up on we the news and up on information, yeah. And so like, I mean, and so it's, it's still up in the air. And, you know, I'm not making any plans, I'm not going to any cons this year. Uh, but we'll see, you know, I, I, I just, I just remain hopeful. I, I think board gamers are a little bit better about, or have been, and at least, especially in, um, in our area, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's like, you know, let's, let's just, just do it. You know, what are we, right. you know, just, what are we doing? Why are we politicizing this? Like, if this is a, th- if this is a smart thing to do left, right, center, you know, red, blue, whatever it is, just, just, just freaking do it. Wear a mask for your life, get your vaccine, live your life. Not to say that there's people like there's people who like have things about the vaccine or whatever it is. I'm open to those discussions. 
but I just following the best of the science, you know, just, you know, let's just kind of do this and, and, and do what we need to do. So. Absolutely. No, and I agree hundred percent. And I'm truly like that too. But again, I'm going a little bit more with science and guidelines because even the CDC says that small gatherings, people who are fully vaccinated can get together without masks. Right. You know, like just today I played hearts, you know, all four of us are vaccinated. We didn't wear a mask. Yesterday I went over a friend's house. We had our little game day and magic get together, all vaccinated, no masks. There were three of us. So I'm living my life, but I'm still following guidelines. When I go out to Home Depot, I put on a mask, go out to the store, put on a mask. So, you know, I'm still doing everything, but, and I know they're making uh, boosters and they're, you know, they're still developing all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but I got to live my life. I'm doing what they say, but at the same time, mm -hmm. have to live our lives, right? I am, I have small kids. So it's getting really tough for me to get like more than three <laughs> feet away from my house. <laughs> I'm lucky if I can get to PAX live in Hartford, Connecticut. But at oh, some man. point, I would love to come out to the left coast, visit some of my friends out there, visit yourself. Uh, Chris, That'd be fantastic. Chris and Wendy Yee used to uh, used to live out there. I know Crystal uh, Dax lives out there. So that's right. I have yeah. Some uh, people that I would love to visit. So I will it would be great definitely, to have you out here. Definitely check that on the calendar. Or maybe even Gen Con. I have some news about Gen Con, but I may save that for. Okay, uh, a, all right. a little bit. We'll save that for the off camera. Okay, <laughs> I'll tantalize the audience. I have a little bit of news about Gen Con for next year. All right, anyway. all right, good, good. Uh, okay, so um, so cool. So Meepleville is happening. The store is happening. That uh, congratulations to you. And yeah, now, thank you, man. Thanks for bringing it up and thanks for talking about it. I appreciate that. No, we we need to get the word out. We need to get the word out about Dice Tower. We need to get the you are a businessman. This, <laughs> yes. this needs to happen. You are a, <laughs> you're a community guy, true. but you're a businessman. Yeah. <laughs> you can't shy away from that. There's no there's no shame in that whatsoever. All right. Um, now we get to get into it. <laughs> All right. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Bring it up. All on. right. Okay. So this is the one stop co-op shop. Yep. And as Tim was saying at the beginning of the of the call, we were talking about co-ops, cooperative games. And you're a proprietor of a business. So it's not like you're coming at this from just your personal area. You see people come in and like, you know, what what games they're playing and, you know, and you see how other how different people react to it. So, it's, I, so I imagine it's not just your feeling. It's like, you know, it's something that you're also seeing amongst, you know, people, a wide, a wide enough swath of people. So let's get into it, right? There's this distinction between like a pure co-op, full information co-op, pandemic, Flashpoint, you see him behind myself. I got all of them. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you don't see any cars behind Tim. <laughs> Barely <No>. <laughs> any. <laughs> there probably are, yeah. Thunderbirds, Forbidden Size, uh, Freedom of the Underground Railroad. I mean, uh, Eldritch Har. These are all kind of just like, let's sit around the table, mostly shared resources, and like, you know, solve the puzzle together or have the adventure together. You have a problem with those types of games. So let's okay. get into it. All right. So first of all, I just want to also clarify something else you just said. So uh, yes, as a proprietor of a store, I do have people come in and believe me, I do recommend the kind of games. I don't know. So what we're going to talk about is me personally, and I'll tell you exactly my feelings personally, but let me give you a perfect example of a game I think is fantastic for new timers and for people I teach all the time. And that's a game, Castle Panic. Castle mm. Panic is 100,000%, however you want to say it, open information, right? Mm. Everything is out there. But it's good because it does get that sense of, you know, helping each other and talking and communicating. Um, however, the one problem that I have noticed with a lot of people I do teach, and again, talking about the general public, is it's, it's so hard for people my age, older, even, you know, 20s, 30s, 
to grasp the concept of I can't win. Mm. We are trying to beat the game. Some people just don't comprehend that. And I'm sure you've come across that. And so it's you socialized, like, you know, a, a normal game, a family game is a game in which you compete. Correct. There's, yeah. there's a winner and everybody else loses. That's just how games have been since day one in pretty much everybody's life. So a game that doesn't have that, it's just hard for a lot of people to really grasp their mind around, but it's still a good experiment, a social experiment of learning how to cooperate and talk together and how to pull back, go ahead, all those kind of, you know, factors and variables in it. But yeah, so a game like that is, is very good that I like to teach to people. Okay. And a new uh, Castle Panic is actually kickstarting. So nice deluxe edition, yes. all, all like, you know, pretty and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have, I think that people articulate two different issues with them. And I want to see if you hit both of those things, just in your, in your thoughts. So okay. what, so, so, okay. So we'll specify, this is Tim Mativier right now, his opinions about co-op games. Okay. So first of all, my full, my, my opinion about fully cooperative games. Um, and, you know, just for, I, I don't want to, I mean, is it okay if we name a game? Cause I don't want to bash the game. No, go ahead, sure. But, okay. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to use pandemic because everybody knows that. So I'm not bashing pandemic at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> look at all that pandemic. Look at, look, it. look at it all. Okay. <laughs> so yes. So please audience, just so you know, I'm just using that as an example, but I'm not bashing pandemic at all. Uh, but uh, so pandemic is fully cooperative information and a lot of these discussions jason i've had with people about this topic one of the things they always say is well you just need a better game group and i'm like mm. well that, no i mean how it, it's not up to the group to make the game good it, the, the game should be the conduit for a I, I don't know but anyway so i brought i don't necessarily agree with that but people have said that you can tell me your thoughts on that mm -hmm. so the two things i don't like that my big thing is number one trust and number one anxiety so i'll mm. talk about those okay so being anxious and having anxiety so in a game like pandemic if it's your turn and you have your four actions or whatever it is and this and that now there may be somebody at the table who just has who's quick thinking and and they're good and they're like oh, okay yeah they should do that should do that yeah that's that's the optimal move and Pretty much if you run it through a computer, there is going to be an optimal move on each turn. There will be the best percentage of move that should be taken. Mm. So if it's not taken, now say, say the person is me. I know what they should do. And they don't do it. All of a sudden, my gaming is starting to get ruined because I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be the alpha gamer, um, but they're kind of not making the game good for me. So all, it's, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience for everybody because it, it, you can't be your true self in a sense because mm. you're going to ruin it either for them, for you or something, but it's just not going to be pleasant because of that. Do, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Okay, so you're talking. Okay, maybe I guess I disagree. Yeah, we're just about, talking about the uh, the anxiety part. I just want to make sure we're talking about that, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I guess I disagree about the best move, right? I think I because that's what generates the anxiety. What generates the anxiety is I I see the best move and they're not doing it. <laughs> like, Why yes. aren't you doing it? And so it's like I guess I disagree about the best move. Like I mean, I think they're you know because okay, so they have the pandemic world championships, mm -hmm. uh, and how they set that up is it's it's games of pandemic and it's like many many tables and it's the same game of pandemic like the same one same order of the deck same yep. 
like, you know, they just set the same placement of the cubes and all that, all stuff. And those games kind of just go wildly differently because people make this choice, not that choice. They go to, they fly here and they don't fly there. So I think that, and they, you know, they, they don't all lose. (laughs) A lot of win. So I think like, I wonder how much of it is the best move and how much of it is, well, this is my idea and this is what I think is the best move. And I'm getting anxiety because of what I think is the best move. And that that makes a difference, right? So like, okay, should I be so anxious about if it's just my opinion as opposed well, to the best move? No, yes or no. So I no, I agree with you on that point. However, Jason, you you do know there are many, 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 many points in that game where it's blatantly obvious. Fair. what somebody should do on their turn just blatantly obvious. <laughs> just, <laughs> you have five yellow cards you're standing <laughs> right next to it just do it <laughs> yes so so anxiety to me is just a big factor because i just don't think every i, I think everybody is either pulling back a little bit uncomfortable because somebody else is being too aggressive because somebody did, i just don't think everybody has a good time at a fully open cooperative game. That's just my opinion for the anxiety part. Okay, that's fair. Okay, the number two thing I talked about is trust, okay? Now, this is sort of gonna take us into, and I, I'm, I don't wanna you know, uh, tell you how to go, but you know, segue, but into how I like the co-ops with limited information. Mm-hmm. Now, if that person we're talking about in a fully cooperative game does not do sort of blatantly obvious things now i've lost trust with them there's there's no trust because like either they don't know the game well enough or whatever they miss it they didn't see it but i, I can't tr- so again it, it comes to that feeling of not feeling good but now sort of a little segue and, and stop me if you don't want me to sort of segue to- okay actually yeah sure I, well, i'll stick i'll stick with okay. this one um yep. I, <laughs> uh okay so in terms of because it goes back to what you said before with the optimal group right? Like play, like, you know, a lot of co-op games are going to say, just play with a better group, right? And you have a problem with that because it's like, you know, they shouldn't have to play with a better group, especially at the proprietor of a cafe, because not everybody is going to come in and be the same group all the time. Like you're going to have different people and uh, you don't want to have to lay on a cooperative game and generate all that anxiety for people who are like... (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Anxiety the board game. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) Right, right. And so like, okay, so... Here's the here's a count here's a, a deeper counter that uh, that some co-op gamers will have. Okay. That it's okay. So it is group dependent, and we do own that. But so are competitive games. Competitive games are group dependent. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in a competitive game that we just kind of like over the many many years have been socialized to kind of behave, right? So it's like king making in a competitive game. You know, in king making, let's say you're like either last or second to last and you got no chance to win, but you you are you still have enough resources to be able to kind of throw it towards a person and let them win and everybody's like, "Oh, you should, oh, why'd you do that?" And like that's been, that's frowned upon. And you know, but no one ever says, "Okay, we need to design competitive games to prevent king making." We just kind okay. of like socially say that's bad. So like I think a cooperative game will say the same thing about alpha player that we just need to socialize and give it more time and make that a little bit better. Yeah. But, but, but here's, here's why I disagree with, with your argument. And I would say it's sort of apples and oranges. Okay. Because when you talk about King making that for the most part, okay. For the most part, yes, it may happen contradictory to what I'm about to say, but for the most part, it's 
a limited portion of the game and at a certain point, maybe more towards the end for the most part. Okay. However, the points I'm talking about are from a fully open cooperative game like pandemic are from move one, (laughs) the whole entire game. So I just don't think you have a valid argument bringing up something that is a very small part potentially of a game where my points are the whole game. Right. Mm. Okay. That's fair. I guess like, Okay, so so maybe king making isn't the best example, but like I can't. Okay, it's just like, um, like just sore loserism. Like, okay, you did that. Oh, I wanted to do that. You know, like well, like you know, I, I'm playing Lords of Waterdeep with you, and you you uh, you know, I'm playing something, and you happen to take the first uh, what you call it, and you and I turn into a sore loser. Like, it's like you know, like then the answer is like play with a better game, you know, you know, and I, I don't know. Uh, no, I get that, but but again. I understand your point, but I think that what you're talking about, yes, that's fully dependent on the person. It's not inherent in the game. I mean, everybody knows if you sit down at a worker placement that somebody may take a spot that you wanted to go to or whatever, but in pandemic or, or a fully cooperative game, it's just built in that it's my turn. I have these cards. You can see these moves and everybody can see and know what I can do. And everybody has an opinion because it's fully cooperative and everybody should be able to share, but everybody's going to be pulling back or giving it, it's, it's just uncomfortable. I think because mm-hmm. you don't quite know what to do. It's not a, it's not like we're having a conversation, right? We're having a conversation. We can go back and forth. You know, we can kind of give each other time to do all that kind of stuff, but if it's, if it's a turn, the turn has to be made. So you, you, you got to say something or not, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. I guess I, okay. So maybe I have, okay. So a couple things. So maybe this is just like my own education as a co-op game. I love co-op games and I'll play them. Like, like I will play like the most advanced pandemic. Like I, cause I play a, le- I have a legacy group. I play legacy one, legacy two. We're going to play legacy zero very, very soon mm-hmm. in July, I think. And so we, we, we're all like, you know, uh, at this point, <laughs> we should hope on the same page. I just visited one of my friends, uh, you know, one-stop co-op shop, Michael Kelly. We played Space Alert. You know Space Alert? I know the game, but I have never played it. So I know Real-time programming, keep the spaceship alive. And like, we were like, we, we both played the game and we both had the experience of like playing with crappy players. So like, we were looking forward to, you know, two people who, and we had such a great time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had such a great time. Just like, you know, we were on a string, right? Right. So I guess what I'll say is like, and and I guess I'm, I'm so that's that, when that happens, that's great. And then I'll have the experience. So like, you know, that's the advanced play, but then there's the beginner play where like, I'll just play a basic game pandemic with a bunch of new players. I'm, I've kind of educated myself to be like, okay, with like, okay. If I see a move, I'm like, okay, let's give some options. Okay, you're struggling over there. Okay, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this. Right. I, I try not, I, 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 and at this point, I almost never like say, okay, do this. Right. Like, here's some options. And I've learned to kind of like be happy with that because I'm enabling fun, you know, by, oh, I didn't see that before. Now I see it. And so it's like, I, I, so I think like, I, maybe that's just kind of like a, a, my personality. I'm very like, you know, I play this, I play the dispatcher. I like to move other people. <laughs> right. 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 So, but, I mean, but, so I, I don't know, like, I, I just feel like I've adjusted my personality to co-op games and maybe, I don't know, like, I just feel like every game you have to, you have to adjust your personality somewhat to be a part of the game. And so I think the same thing is possible for co-op hmm. games. I don't know. That might be a whole other conversation. I don't know about that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but like but if someone's no. like a raging competitive person, they have to adjust in order to play like a Euro game. 
or if, you know, if someone is like just they they're, they're purely tactical, they have to adjust to become a strategy gamer. Like I know, because I know you're more on the strategy end of things. Like uh-huh. there's always adjustments that have to be made on part of the player to be able to play. True. The game, I know. Right? No, I get. I get it. Yeah. But you did bring up something I, I want to touch on a little bit. You said enabling fun, and one of the sort of problems, I guess, uh, because I did do Pandemic Legacy just season one, and I had a wonderful time. We binged it. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we mm-hmm. did it in like six days. Uh, just binged it. But I, I don't know if it was uh, like the term I'm used probably isn't correct, but like like sort of like beat down or no, it was like a long term. So I wasn't necessarily concerned about the moves because I knew it was like a big, long thing. And I didn't you know, I was like, yeah, go ahead. You do what you feel you need to do. You do you kind of attitude because it's like we've got time like, you know, there's no rush and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you would interject. But but just the straight pandemic is like four corners like we got this game this amount of time and it just cuts that down so you're more heavily invested i think so the enabling fun you know what i mean i don't know it's, yeah just not for me it's it's too close a window like when you sit down at a table you want to win and you don't want to have to like put that in your back pocket correct yes absolutely okay. yeah and and i guess I'm, I'm i'm a little bit more okay with you know it's like okay i i want i want to win too but i also want to kind of help people like if if like to me, a win is if somebody comes out of a game pandemic liking pandemic more. Like that's a win to me. So it's like if I've converted a pandemic fan and it's like, or like a, a similar type game, Flashpoint, Horrified, you know, if I, if I'm, if I kind of like, you know, set things up and it's like, okay, maybe I don't do all the ideal moves that I want, but like I've helped make that cooperation space and people are like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I want to play again. To me, that's a win. Okay. So. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just not you. <laughs> <laughs> they're just not for me. No, they're just not for me. All right. So, um, yeah, so that's our, um, so we're, you know, going back and forth in the regular co-ops, but Tim had a um, segue that he wanted to get into when it came to trust and other types of limited information co-ops. Correct. Because as I was saying, I fully believe that sort of trust and cooperation are sort of synonyms. Sure. They sort of need to go together. You can't have one without the other. And if that person is constantly not doing the right thing, you're sort of like losing trust uh, with them. So I think it, to me, it's so longer, no longer not a cooperative game in a sense. And why I'm saying that, because I'll use the poster child for um, my argument, the kind of game we both love, and that's Hanabi, is that games with limited information to me are the epitome of cooperation because it is 100% reliant on trust. And that's why I love it so much because to me, that's what a cooperative game should be is inherently needing to trust Mm. other players. Whereas in open information, it, it takes that, there, it takes the trust shield away. It's just, it, it, or exposes it, I guess I should say. I guess, okay. So, I mean, obviously I, I disagree in the sense that if, if it goes well, like I think you're very scarred by times where it's not gone well. <laughs> like where, where open information pandemic style games go well, you can get that trust. Like you guys like, oh yeah, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're, we're coordinating our powers and we're doing all that stuff. So like, so I think when it goes well, a, a regular or quote unquote open information co-op game can provide that too. It's just in a limited information co-op game, it's built into the system. And that's something that you really appreciate. Yeah, because again, that's 
that like like and let's use another game like the mind all right totally random arbitrary like, like my wife just doesn't get it she's like what are you looking at me for you know what i mean she's like like why are you staring at me why are you like she's like <laughs> Stop looking. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm a 92. Fine, leave it. Alone. That's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> you know, but just that feeling of that unspokenness of you know the body language, just getting in tune, getting in each other's mind, the feeling, the trust, the blah blah blah. What it generates. And again, I, I haven't played a whole lot of pandemic of those type of co-op games that I don't really like. So like, you know, I'm, I have a very small uh, sample size, but games like mine and all those others that I have played a lot of, it's just such a joyous feeling because that trust and the unspokenness and the cooperation is just so delicious. You know what I mean? It's just, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. So I really enjoy that type. So actually, let me ask you a question. Um, what's your, what is your opinion of escape rooms? Because if you had to pick an analog to an open cooperative game, it's an escape room, you know? Because yes, it's, yeah. it's, everybody has the same information and we're in the room solving it together, whether we're playing and unlocking or whether we're like in the actual room. Like basically what I think of open-ended co-op games is like it's basically a, an escape room on a board. It's, we, we're all solving the puzzle together. So do you but, not, so like when you experience an escape room or have like, have, I don't even know if you have. I have. Like, okay. So like, do you not feel that same sense of trust when you're in an escape room? Well, and, and again, to me, there's sort of a little apples and oranges. And, and again, I know there's nuances to, you know, our discussions, what we're talking about, but again, in pandemic, you, everything is visible right except i'm not talking about the, the the stack of cards where you just put the other cities and all that kind of stuff because nobody knows that kind of stuff right which card may come up yeah, with yeah. It. right but everything is visible and all the options are there to see for everybody for everybody's turn whereas an escape room i literally may not see everything or see something so it's a little bit different because there's too much it's it's too big you, right. yeah you may have to look under a table or reach around something right. like you know what i mean so I think they're a little different in that aspect because you just can't, it's not all there. It, it's, 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 to me, it's more of a limited information co-op. <laughs> okay. At least the bigger escape rooms. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I love them both. So <laughs> I don't have to, uh, you know, like defend one or the other. Like I love them both. So uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to, um, as we round out the episode, um, you have a couple of, you have a games that you like, and I've, you've mentioned a couple of them. I imagine, Oh, hold on a sec. Yes, I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got I, I said I had a, a maybe a drop the mic. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I want to throw this at you. Go for it. Uh, to kind of um, ramp up my side <laughs> of the discussion. <laughs> it, it may or may not. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's ahead. pretty cool. We both love Hanabi. <laughs> love it. I love it. Love and again, to everything I just talked to you about, the trust you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's great. I literally it, have two games of all the games that I've rated 10 out of 10, only two, Pandemic and Hanabi. Really? Yep. Wow. To me, right two there. polar opposites. Yeah. That would be a one in a 10 to me. Anyway, anyway, no. <laughs> but no. no. Um, but so, you know, like even like, so when there's five people playing Hanabi, that's kind of even better, right? Because like, if it's like my turn, then you know, like I know who can see what or like, you know, the two people. It's, so it's even more. But anyway, yeah. 
I want to throw this at you, Jason, for this discussion. We both love Hanabi Ford and his limit innervation. Now, what, and I only play with tiles. I call myself a Hasnabi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I played with cards yesterday. It was horrible. It okay. was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I hadn't done that in, I don't know, four years or whatever. So yeah. Anyway, what would you think of Hanabi if everybody's tiles were open to everybody? Oh, it's what stuck. kind of game stick. would that be? It wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a game. There'd be no challenge. That, boom. That is <laughs> what a fully open cooperative game is. No challenge. It stinks. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I keep, no, that, that, I'm going to have to just, I'm going to trash that one. Like, it, oh! I'm, gonna, I'm totally like, okay. Uh, and this is, I guess this gets to the second thing, the second issue that people have with cooperative games, right? Okay. We, before we talked about kind of like the, the alpha player solo experience, you know, but being frustrated, but there's a whole other group of criticism of a cooperative game. The reason why Hanabi like laying down sucks is because there's no AI. There's no like, there's no challenge. Like, okay, I'm just pick this card to pick this card, pick this card. And it's fine. In a, in a, um, a pandemic type game, there's always like an event deck. You know, true. No, no, uh, true, and there's true, true, and yeah. you know, uh, you know, Flashpoint has the event deck, and you have you roll some dice in there, and then you know, like even like like their newer games have kind of innovated. Like there's a game called Paleo, which mm -hmm. is like which is basically open information, but like it's face down cards, and like you kind of get a little bit of information, but not a lot. But it's, there's a lot of different ways in which the co-ops do it, but there's always something limited. The question is, is the limited information is it limited by the deck, or is it limited amongst the players? Right. Right. So yep. that maybe that be that distinction. And so like, there are people who don't like that playing against a bag of random, right? You know, it's like, okay, I, I, you're a Euro player. So like, you know, I know you've played Puerto Rico many times. Puerto Rico is a very low luck game. True. You know, and other games, you're a food chain magnate, magnate guy, right? You're like you, that game is I no luck at all. I love food chain, yes. <laughs> love me some food chain. <laughs> no. <laughs> no luck at all so like a cooperative uh, game like very few of them like have no have low luck or most of them are very are, are quite lucky like a game of pandemic is quite lucky because absolutely. of that event deck and, and because of all those things and so like that's the other reason why people don't like co-ops is because they want more control you know okay. they want more yep. kind of steady information so so that's the one criticism that i wanted to put and i and i i own that that's fine but that goes against what you said, which is that pet that um, cooperative games are just Hanabi with all the cards laid out. <laughs> it's different. It, it, I think it's a little bit different. Okay, it, it could be, but yeah, because you're right. They do have that event deck, so it's, there's a little bit of randomness and unknowns to everybody. So yeah, I'll give you that. Right. So then, okay. So what I what, what I thought you were going to say about Hanabi is we both play it differently. We both play it very oh, very differently. I'm sure we do. And you'd so, probably not like playing with me. My so friend put me on blast yesterday for that too. Yes. So actually, so we'll hold up that discussion because you do have a, a list of five. I do. Co a games. So like, I assume the Hanabi's honest. So we'll get, we'll get there when we get there, but yep. let us, so now we're going to transition to the top five list. Uh, Tim's cooperative games for non-cooperative gamers. Okay. Um, so I'll go with number five and I'm sure you've played, every single one of them on here probably uh so i've only played this once had a fantastic time i loved everything about it uh that was battlestar galactica and because the reason i liked it is number one it actually had a board 
So like you're playing a real board game with like the little ships attacking the big ship. And this, I mean, it was fantastic. And the, the, the trader part, you don't like, you don't even know if one's going to appear. Right. And you don't know whether it's the first age or the second age, whatever it is, like the, you know, phase, cause mm-hmm. this or that. And I like how, you know, people put in the colors and it's like, well, I didn't have green or what. I mean, it, all that tension it created and you're, it, it, it was just fantastic. It, it, it was, it was phenomenal because it mixed the actual real board game. Um, and, and what's good about it is you have time to if you're the Cylon or you're you know uh, whatever you have time to really disguise that because you can make a lot of very successful moves and turns cooperative and kind of then sneak a couple things in so I just thought it was very well designed very well built I the IP means absolutely nothing to me um, but I just I enjoyed it tremendously and I, I can't wait to play it again Battlestar Galactica is way out of print. <laughs> yes. Uh, of, if you haven't picked a Battlestar Galactica, then good luck finding another copy. Uh, but no, it is a fabulous one. And there are some people that give pushback to this, like that that's not real co-op because it's a traitor. Nonsense. The, the, the traitor has to cooperate or else they're a terrible traitor. Yes. Absolutely. Also a terrible trade. Yeah. So to me, that's a, that's a cooperative. I got Dead of Winter. You see Dead of Winter up here. Dead of Winter. Uh, yeah. you know, Shadows of a Camelot. That's what that's down here. Shadow, yeah. I, it, most of these co-ops I have on somewhere. <laughs> those are, those uh, I, are To great. me, they, they perfectly count because at least if there's a trader, at least the trader has to, for 90% of their game, has to cooperate. And yes, Battlestar Galactica, it's a little on the long side for me. Right. It's a long game, but you know, it's, it's, it is an oldie but goodie. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, and I do have an honorable mention, but I'll get to that. Uh, sort of last because i'm not even quite sure if it fits on here uh my number four i think i don't know if i like it necessarily because the game i do like it i think it's a tremendous game but i like what it was to its successor and uh, number four is codenames duet um i thought codenames duet or i shouldn't say thought think is fantastic Mm -hmm. um it's to me it's it's far superior to codenames um Mm -hmm. and just the way they designed it, it's just, it's, they did, a, they did a great job. And I think it's so good. And it's really good. Like, again, you know, talking about Meepleville and bringing people in, it's a really good date game. Yes. It's a really good first date game, mm-hmm. getting to know somebody because you don't have to necessarily be invested. And not only that, a lot of it, you know, because a lot of board games are down here, but Codenames Duet can come up here and you can have conversation in between and talk and still play the game. So mm-hmm. with all of that being said, yeah, I think Codenames Duet is a fantastic cooperative game. I think uh, Codenames, I mean, so I love Codenames, but I'm sick of Codenames. But <laughs> but I, I think what you said about Duet is like, even my wife, and my wife doesn't game at all. Mm-hmm. She will play Codenames Duet. Yes. And it was, I think, our number, like we did, we recently did our top 100 cooperative games, something like that. It was like number six. It was really, really high. Yeah, it's 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 really good. I, I just I just think they did such a wonderful job with that. And, and it's almost one, it's, it's right almost there. One of, Look at that. I got code is it? <laughs> nice. It's almost one of those instant buys, too. Like if people do play, then they go and buy it. So there you I go. Got them all. I, I, whatever you name, I probably have it somewhere in this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um, number three, um, I put two of them because, and you'll know why I put two of them, sure. um, the mind and the game, very because similar. Very similar. one is without talking and both sort of without talking. And I'm, I'm like a, 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm sort of like a, on the jerk end of playing Hanabi. Like we talk about like, as far as strictness and rules mm-hmm. and no talking, like, so you may not like playing with me. I don't know. Cause I don't want any talk. I want to <laughs> play the game. But anyway, the mind, again, I just played it yesterday with some friends. It's that, that feeling you get each level, even at level one, level one is one of the hardest. Cause you, you only, you only have one piece of information. It's just kind of sort of random, but each level you progress, you just you feel better and better. It's so good. And the game, Again, you know, and here's here's another thing I noticed, Jason, and again, maybe talking about people playing cooperative games. So the game is one of the games I teach a lot to new timers uh, new, because it's it's very simple. Number cards are numbered, you know, two through 99. You got to put them down, blah, blah, in sequential order. But when I teach a lot of people, I see them almost getting real anxious if they make a big jump. And I'm always like, hey, look at the deck. We got a long time. It's cool. It's fine. But not There's only two that, piles. Jason. There's two piles. You're good. Yes, but not only that, Jason. It comes back to what I'm said before. It's about trust. If you make a 20, 30 card jump, I am fully confident. I trust you did the best you can. Hmm. I am not upset. I don't care. It means nothing to me because I am implicitly trust your decision. Okay. However, yeah. but a lot of first timers haven't learned that yet, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't learned that other people will be so trusting, <laughs> right? It may not get bad, right? So. I definitely prefer the mind to the game. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I actually don't own it, but I own Six Nymphed. And the Six Nymph deck oh. goes from one to 100. So I just play the yes. mind with the Six Nymph deck and I have three games for the price of one. There you go. Uh-huh. So. Yes. But those, so those two, I, I really enjoy. Sure. Um, number two is... Um, one of the games that uh, I actually learned myself, when I say that, opened it up, knew nothing about it, read the rules, uh, taught my sister. We learned it together, played and all that kind of stuff. I brought it when I went back to, to Connecticut to visit her um, a few years ago when it first came out, is Beyond Baker Street. Um, Ooh. Yes. Oh, okay. Now, okay. Now, I know it's, it's very similar, reminiscent of Hanabi and its yes. mechanics and all that kind of stuff. How with the track, you know, the clue track and you have to three piles. And I do think it was thematic in a sense because Mm -hmm. you are kind of deducing and using clues and investigating. I, it's funny because I am a sort of a zero theme guy. I'm just like, you know, I like mechanics to play the game, but with Beyond Baker Street, I I kind of feel like I'm I'm doing an investigation because you really have to think, okay, wait, I know there's that number, that number. There's only six of the color. There's that. Oh, I mean, you're really thinking and figuring stuff out. So I that that really scratches a severe itch mm. for me. I'm a thematic gamer. I got nothing, none of that. <laughs> I got none of that. Really? <laughs> nothing from Beyond Baker Street. That game came and went. <laughs> really? Well, okay, wow. so it's another one of those things where it's like, okay, so like it, it is Hanabi. It's, it's basically Hanabi with a couple of other things like attached to it. And yeah, 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 yeah. so like, okay, same thing happened with like King of Tokyo and King of New York. So like King of Tokyo is like this simple dice rolling game. And then King of New York added, you know, like different zones and tiles. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good with a simpler game, right? right. Um, you know, I, games do that sometimes where it's like, I no, this is the uh, the next evolution of this game. It's like, I like the previous evolution. No, so, I get it, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, just it, I didn't get the theme out of it. And it just, it, it didn't add anything that Hanabi didn't already give me. I, no, I, I 
I get, I could see how people feel that. I just, again, I just felt a little bit different. I really felt tweaked, and maybe because I was proud of myself for learning the game all by myself. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe that had a little bit to add to it. But no, I just, I still enjoy Baker Street beyond Baker Street. And the number one we've talked about yeah. is uh, Hanabi. Of course. Um, again, this this is more like we, we talked about before in a, one of the uh, streams, how it's more comfort food, right? Yeah. Because um, at the gathering that I go to every year, it is last game, like close the night at four or five in the morning, whatever, we play Hanabi. And it's just, you know, you get together the end of the night playing that and, you know, two people will play, then four will play, five will play, some will leave, three will play. We'll literally play like six, eight games, you know, whatever. It's just such a... It's such a, especially for people who know it and play it and enjoy it and get all that kind of stuff. It's a great game that you can do that. Like I say, play with three, finish. Hey, let's start another one. Play with, you know, and boom, you mm-hmm. just keep going. And it's, it's really, really good. Zero theme, of course, right? The fireworks. Yeah, I mean, who knows the numbers, but uh, it's, I, I think it's ingenious. I don't know. Let me ask you something. You might know this. What was the first um, cooperative or design of that? Of where you can't see your information. I think wasn't that it? I think I thought Hanabi was the first game where you held your cards out. Was it okay? But a cooperative game, like you have Indian poker, like you know, all these oh, kind of yeah. ancient games that are like you know yeah, yeah. variations. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I think this is a. I think I read somewhere it's like this is kind of a. I wanted cooperative Indian poker. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he, I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I really enjoy it. And again, I'm, so t- the two things you may not like, I'm, I'm real strict. I don't like. So in the so in the rules, how I play now is um, where you don't we don't talk, we don't say can we don't say anything. We sit down. The only rule I have to start the game is whatever you do, do the same thing the whole game. That's it, and then it's up to me to learn to get those things. Because conventions, I'm sure as you know, aren't necessarily conventions. They're common sense, right? Because mm-hmm. the oldest one you get rid of, of course, that's just common sense. Like. And newest and all that kind of stuff. And then the other thing that you may not like is I never go for points ever, period. Of, of Hanabi. Nope. If once you discard a five or once you discard a double, then it's like, all right, we're, we're resetting. That's how he gets four games in the night, people. He doesn't even play to the end. He gets 10 minutes in. He throws you throw that that second red three away. It's like, nope, reshuffle, do it again. That's exactly right. Because again, that you're not playing a game. You're you're done. You, you're you're cheating because if you've discarded a five, that's giving you so much information. Now you're you're cheating. It, it's it's no. I I don't do it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, do I, it. I actually that one I kind of agree with you. I kind of like like if someone discards a second thing, the wind t- comes totally out of my sails. I'm like yeah. I, it just like and and I play with a lot of players who like to finish because like they like to do the official thing, and I'm like. Ugh. I don't even want to play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, okay. I, so I okay. I, I'm on. I'm on your tip there. I think the the where we disagree is I do play with pretty active conventions. And when we and and I and you know this is something that that I, that cannot be players. I play a lot of board game arena. There, it's kind of like a known thing. A board game arena. Um, conventions are uh, so like you know uh, you know, you do this every time. So like if you if I'm discarding. Like I'm only going to discard the oldest card in my hand. That's always going to be like the card to my right, right? So if I go from my left hand to my right hand, I bring it into the left hand, let the card, and then I'm going to discard off my right. So like, you know, if I, if you need a save, quote unquote, like I, I'm about to, I, there's a five in my, what they call a chop. Yes, there's a whole lexicon, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> if there's yeah. a five in your chop, save the, and you get a five clue. It's like, okay, save that. So there's save clues, a color clue equals play. 
and there's all sorts of like okay so there's uh, so there's different conventions and there's like finesse and reverse and all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff. uh okay i play with those actively the reason i do that is because i like playing with the advanced options like the multi the multicolor cards which are much oh, harder. yeah absolutely and and like a, there's other expansions so like you can have black cards you can have uh you know the, the thing called flamboyance which are alternative things you play fives i love it and i don't think you can play with those advanced options without the conventions and i think it's completely legitimate because like there's games like you have a bridge group like they play with conventions in bridge they play absolutely. with conventions in all these other games absolutely so, like folks who say okay we have to play like we cannot cooperate you know otherwise it's illegitimate well like they do it in all these other games like why is it not be different <laughs> Well, no. And again, this is just a me thing, right? So it's not a matter. It, it, I never like, like there are games like in the past, I just learned Gaia or played Gaia for the first time, Gaia project about what, three and a half weeks ago. And I've played it eight times since or something. Oh my God. Because oh, no, I just, I fell, I fell in love with it. It's, it's just phenomenal. I think. This is what happens when but, you're not a reviewer. When you're a reviewer, just all like, you can never play anything. Eight oh times. yeah. It's crazy. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> But even games like like Hanabi, like let's just use this one for an example. I never, I enjoy enjoying playing games. And I'm sure you've run across those people. One of my part-timers, he's a school teacher. He has lost his mind over Terraforming Mars. He's one of those people who knows every card, every possibility. And it's just horrible playing with him, right? Because you've got mm. no chance. You know, I never want to get to that point because I just, to me... I think it diminishes sort of the joy and the wonder if you're just so scientific in about a game. So I get it. I know people, I, I was watching on YouTube, a friend of mine showed me he was really into Hanabi and five people have done what, like four and a half minutes or something like with the, the clues or whatever, getting all yeah, of them out. You can, when you have the conventions down, you can really pound out games. Yeah. Like, yeah and to me, it's like, that's, that's like a science project. You're not enjoying the game. So, mm -hmm. but I get it. I, get I it. won't, I will not play the conventions or not that I won't play, but I won't like enforce the conventions if it's just the regular suits. Like if it's just like the, the colors, it's pretty easy, right? I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't say pretty easy because you know if, where there's no trust, where there's like miscommunication, it could just be a disaster. So that's that's totally possible there. But like if you do what you said, where it's like okay, people are kind of paying attention to how people are playing, it's right. not that hard to get the twenty five. It's when you get those advanced cards, like the the mul the the, the multicolor cards are actually really difficult. With just like let's just oh, sit no. down and play. So like you, Absolutely. I think you have again, to have that extra layer. But but the, the only point I'm making is this person may go right to left, but the person next to him may go left to right. So what I'm saying is we I don't make any standards. You if, if you're right, it, yeah. you have to watch everybody and just and all I'll say is whatever you do, do the same thing every time. That's the only rule going in. Um, but also with discards, and I know people who've been playing Hanabi a lot still have anxiety over discards. <laughs> <laughs> discards to me are are easy like right. i because that's your problem discards right. aren't my responsibility so if right. i discard a five <laughs> or i discard a danger tile that's on you yeah i, I feel the same way <laughs> i feel the same way <laughs> i i am happy discarding that's an easy yeah, move i need clues man like there's so many hanabi players that like just will use their clues because they feel like they have to it's like no uh -huh. don't yes. use the clues just because that's i really right. i really do think we're one we're generally on the same page i just add the extra layer of the multicolor so yeah, yeah i think yeah. I, I think that we will both enjoy playing hanabi with one another that, that would well, be absolutely absolutely and i, I play with multicolors with like my 
people who played Hanabi a lot. I play multicolors all the time now. Love mm-hmm. it. Okay. And last but not least, uh, I want to give an honorable mention, and I don't know if you consider this, um, but I guess it's sort of maybe a genre, but a uh, werewolf. Okay. Because I don't know if it's technically a cooperative game, but it sort of is right. Um, because again, Jason, I wanted to ask you about this because since you're, you know, like the cooperative, you know, guy and everything, mm-hmm. do you consider like one versus many cooperatives? Do you consider social deductions cooperatives? Mm-hmm. What do you are yes or no? I mean, okay. So the the the, the co-op community is divided on that. There are some people that are very oh, okay. like, you know, it, we are, we really are. Like you have you get into debates in our Discord about this stuff sometimes. Where uh-huh. it's like, you know, uh some people are like, okay, if, if it's not everybody, you know, all together, then it's not cooperative, it's something else. And to me, it's like if there's cooperation in the design, if I'm cooperating in a game, one versus many, team versus team. Uh, like Captain Sonar to me, like uh, to me, Captain Sonar is like the mo- one of the most cooperative games I've ever played. And mm. it's technically not a cooperative game. It's a team versus team game. But I, I'm playing with four players. And I'm doing the same thing that I would be doing if I was in a cooperative game, like of, of a, a real, any real time game. I think that Captain Sonar is amazing. So then when it comes to a game like Werewolf, uh, See, I guess like it's it's difficult for me because I just don't like social deduction. Like I just I am not. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, it but- it's just to me, it, it really is like people just they 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 bring in the stupidest knowledge. Oh, you have a lot of hair on your arm, so therefore I think you're the werewolf. Oh, I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's I know. not you. We're not even playing anymore. So but like I, yeah, yeah. So I maybe yeah, I think so. And there's some. There are some like the resistance, right? I think the resistance is a kind of like i think uh, you know that would be closer to like a cooperative game because it is you know that they, they teams yeah. you know yeah, but werewolf is just such a mess i can i am not going to speak for werewolf it's a giant mess no, it, you know i get it and i, and I get it it's, it's totally random because you really start the game with no information kind not of it's just like pick, however it does sort of mix the two in a sense right because the werewolves essentially are playing with open information mm-hmm because they know who each other are so they have all open information and the villagers are playing with hidden information some of them. So it's kind of like a mix between the two, but I just didn't know if it would, but I, again, I'm starting. I'd it say it the, pushes it. I'd say you're, you're pushing it and you're going to get a lot of pushback from the community. If you'd say that's a cooperative game. Oh no, you're getting a lot of pushback. The comments, you're going to have to answer the comments. <laughs> <laughs> we love you people. I'm very nice to my commenters. Even if you disagree, people know I'm very nice to you. So yeah, yeah nice there you are. <laughs> Tim Mativier from the Meepleville Cafe. This was an absolute pleasure. This was everything I thought it was and more. Oh, uh, please, yes, Jason. you have, we did a lot of promos. So just like kind of, you know, cap us off, uh, you know, Meepleville uh, Cafe, that gaming cafe is, you know, about to open at 100% capacity following every single guideline. Absolutely. Very meticulous. We have to really emphasize that. Uh, yes. you, know, you know, maybe we're kind of talking, you know, maybe it makes some people uncomfortable where it's like, oh, is it safe? It's like the, the guidelines are there for a reason. I think that's kind of the perspective there. And we follow, and, and Tim, I think, is, is very clear, follows him to the T. Yeah, exactly true. Um, so please, yeah, if anybody is out in Vegas and has ever thought about it, you know, come in, wear your mask. We got hand sanitizer all over the place. Um, enjoy yourself. And uh, yeah, we're doing the best we can with the current conditions. And uh, hopefully life will get more and more back to normal sooner than later. So if you could change your mind, you can change the world. So until next there time, later, everybody. Absolutely. Jason, thank you so much, man. Take care. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. 
You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.